We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Mailbag Edition. Danny Ring, Brandon Sprague is, uh, what, Tuesday night? 8 o'clock. Why? Well, we're about an hour late because I hate my internet company. So there you go. <laughs> Second time this week and third time in the past two weeks, my internet decided to go out. Um, you know what's funny about that is somebody tweeted us like uh, maybe about an hour ago. It was like, yo, I got this question before the internet goes out again. <laughs> and I was thinking, no way that's going to happen again. Oh, yeah, no, it was definitely down. Um just frustrating as hell, but uh, thank you all for for being patient. Um, I've got uh, somewhere near fifty questions. You guys, questions. you guys were not short on them this time, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, we'll, we'll dive right into it um, again. Thank you all for being here. Like, rate, review, subscribe, do all of the things. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. We're on our way to five thousand. Um, we we're what nine, 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 nine times. Nine days away from the NBA trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trade deadline will actually end as Dusty and my show starts on Thursday. So yeah. uh, we will have you guys covered live as the deadline ends. Uh, we, of course, it will uh, be heading into Super Bowl weekend. Uh, but I would imagine the first hour of the show that day will be uh, NBA trade deadline stuff. We'll, we'll dive into that as much as we can. Uh, but until then, we'll answer as many questions as we can. I'll try to give you as much intel as I can or that I can that I can uh, kind of go into. Um, there's always stuff being talked about and more more validity and legitimacy to some things and yeah. uh, certainly more pie in the sky and some more smoke screens on others. So. Um, but we'll just kind of dive into stuff. Um, but real quick, uh, since we didn't, uh, it was just me last night on the after dark. Uh, what did you think of the game last night against the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, exciting, nerve wracking, frustrating, (laughs) fun, and, uh, a win. I mean, like every emotion Mm. I watched this, I watched this with my 11 year old who, you know, she plays basketball, but she's actually been like been anti basketball sports watcher person and i've just kind of accepted that fate and yesterday she makes an offhanded comment i'd rather watch football and i was like well okay i'll take that as a dad and as the game's going on she's like walking past the couch and she's eyeing it she's like hmm. and she walks past again she's like, hmm. and she's watching and this game is like going a little back and forth blazes are up most of the way and eventually she's sitting on the couch and she's screaming at the television as if she is going to impact Bogdanovich's free throws. He misses two of the three. 
she Perfect. credits herself for being loud. As one does. And she's like full-fledged in it. She's like, come on, Ant. Come on, Dame. I'm like telling her who different players are. I told her who Nazir Little was. I explained who Gary Payton, GP2 was. Was your little Grinch heart growing? Oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm such a dead person inside. But those are the moments that I'm like, yes, I'm still here. I still feel something. Mm-hmm. Those are the moments it was. So it was great, man. Uh, it was imperfect. Their defense was a disaster for decent portions of that game. So I want to fight you on that one real quick. So keep that okay. one. Keep, keep going. We want to come back to that one. Uh, well, I'll wrap it up. But basically her sitting on the couch next to me and, and us watching, I just, it, it made me happy. It made me feel really good. And I'm glad that she got a win because she was emotionally a wreck. The final I remember like, those nights. six minutes. And oh, yeah. I, I wanted to be like, hey, there's a lot of these. You just got to ride this way. No, live and die with every single one of them. But I, I didn't say that. I let her live and die with Yes. She, you know, her first experience was a positive experience. Perfect. Uh, <clears throat> well, that's always awesome. I, I, I Selfishly, it's what I want to have children for so I could live vicariously through their emotions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I love that stuff. That's that's what's yeah. so cool is, you know. That, that part of fandom and not just the kids, show, you know, sharing emotion, but as a parent, like being able to share, you know, your experiences with your kids. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what me and my dad bonded over. Yeah. Like that was, that was our thing. I imagine, you know, that's the same for a lot of families, you know, mom, dad, brother, sister, whoever it is that you go to games with. Like that's, that's what sports ultimately ends up being about. Uh, and now to get away from the, the uh, truly uh, sappies, Love song, love the love song that we're going with here, and going with. I didn't think the Blazers' defense was bad. Really? No, I thought their ability to finish plays defensively was complete and utter dog shit. Oh, but I mean, I, is that it? Is that? I think those are two different things. Semantics? I uh, no, I I, I, I do. I I I believe they executed more often than not the way they wanted to, but they gave up eighteen plus shooting possessions. Yeah. Because of offensive rebounds and putting with the free throw line. Now, if you want to say fouling and rebounding are part of defense, yes, you're right, 100%. But I'm talking about the bones, the framework of their defense, what they wanted to do. <clears throat> I thought they did relatively well. They forced them into bad shots, or not bad shots, but less than opportune shots. Um, they just didn't do what they needed to do to close out the possession. And that that is a new issue that has popped up a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. They haven't been a great rebounding team by any means, but rebounding has not kicked them in the teeth like it has the last couple of games. Yeah. It well, they've, really... been playing, they've been playing somewhat smaller, not to interrupt too yes. much. But no, 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 no. That's exactly it. And that's yeah. exactly it. And it shows that they can't go small yet because they're not big enough to go small. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part about this is they lose that game if they don't take care of the ball the way that they did. Oh, 100% agree with that. The turnovers being cut down yeah. were, were the key difference for them. Yeah, I mean, eight turnovers in the night. And you only had the one by Ant in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> so, you know, but I thought that the the whole idea of how they, you know, with the exception of Jonte Murray, who was just. I mean, he couldn't miss. I mean, he's Not to that, he was just nightmare field. That's, Ant mentioned it in the postgame, the whole idea of, like, he was hitting threes. So, like, he becomes a lot more of a, a beast. Because Jonte, I, I don't think the average NBA fan watches a lot of Hawks basketball. And before that, they probably didn't watch a lot of the Spurs the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. DeJounte's a dude, and he's yeah. an athletic freak. He's also an a-hole, which is great. He is. He, he <laughs> plays angry and with a chip on yeah. his shoulder. He's a 
he's a plus plus defender, mm-hmm. and you can you saw what he can do offensively. Like and he's got some wiggle and some creation. Like he's, I, I was talking to a few people last night. I was like, hmm, that's weird. Hawks seem to play pretty good without Trey Young. That's kind of what I my my takeaway was like because also they didn't execute the way they wanted to defensively, but the pieces that they have and mm-hmm. and Bogey. I know Griffin's young, but he's coming along. I love Okongwu. He's really yes. good as a backup five. Capella, I mean, dear God. That one possession in the second half. The three offensive rebounds over Nurk's head. Holy shysters, man. He had and six the, offensive rebounds in the quarter. But Danny, it wasn't it wasn't just that he offensive rebounded. Mm-hmm. It was that he got miss rebound. Miss rebound. Miss rebound. Dunk it Dunked on, on his your head. face and then just mm-hmm. the rim and shake it like a little baby. Mm-hmm. Like shake it like a salt shaker. That has just got to be demoralizing mm-hmm. to be a Yusuf Nurkic and watch somebody do that to you. Yeah. And he banged on his head all night long. Yes, but they got him. Obviously, Collins, who is the new modern day Miles Turner. He's never gonna get traded, but we'll talk about him being traded. Uh, <laughs> Hunter's obviously a really good player, and Holiday's a little undersized, but no. I, that's kind of what I was thinking, man. I was like, they're not going to because, you know, I think Atlanta fans that exist. Oh, oh no. They they could do what you think. Well, I'd like them to. I think they should explore it. I, I, I'd I pivot out of that, to be uh, honest with you. Uh, I have a real suspicion that a lot of people in Atlanta would love to see Trey Young on another team. Really? You mm-hmm. think fan-wise, not like team and personnel-wise? No, no, I mean on the team. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, I... I know, and I know fans don't always dictate who goes where, but I, I am curious about that because I we both know somebody that hosts a radio show down there, mm-hmm. and last I had talked to him, he basically was like, like Trey is in Atlanta. Trey is like one of the dudes. People love Trey. Oh Young. yeah, no, they do. He's the fu guy mm-hmm. to everybody else, and he's their funny little quirky shooting phenom that they drafted and has taken them to the conference finals. So. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that one shakes out. But yeah, ultimately, it wasn't a great win, but a win's a win with this team. And I thought you saw some stuff offensively, uh, how effectively and efficiently they were able to score. Uh, uh, they took care of the ball. I thought Ant did a great job as a playmaker, as a table setter. Uh, Chauncey and, and Damon, Ant all talked about that in the post game. Uh, Jeremy found his, his shooting stroke again after having a couple games where it was kind of here or there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh came back and rebounded incredibly well. Um, yeah. Shaden had some offensive flashes, obviously. Cha- uh, Chauncey mentioned some defensive regression in that game. I-, I can think of three plays off the top of my head where he just blew it. But I think Chauncey yeah. rode him for more minutes simply because the juice that they got from him, like the, the crowd, the energy off the dunks. When he makes dunks. a play, you feel it. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, 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 it, it's something different. I disagree with your first assessment of that, though. Like, it's not a perfect game, but at this point for this team, oh yeah, no, 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 you, you know you, what I mean? You, you like, need the win. They like, need that win. And Dane mentioned, uh, like, it, it's so much easier to try to like address things and fix things when you're not losing. <laughs> it's much easier right. to address them than you know, following a win. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel better about it. It's 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 very, I don't know, mentally, it's less taxing. I think that's kind of what my takeaway was and and not having spoken to Dame at all at any one point this year, I find myself as a fan and even as, you know, media guy, I kind of like, I wonder in my head how he's feeling after certain moments, right? So like if they go on a losing streak, mm-hmm. I'm like, God, I wonder where he's at right now mentally. And I, it's not like a questioning if he's toughing it out. It's more just like, 
how demoralizing it has to feel to play. I mean, this dude is his January was insane. That it's it's one of the best runs of his career. Yes. I mean, the, the shooting, the percentages. He's on a 50, 37, 91 split for the month of January. Mm-hmm. I, I said this um, on my radio show. I forgot to say it on our last pod. When you talk about high level scoring, so like 40, 50, 60 points. He's had four 40 point games this month alone. Danny, I I looked up his numbers, and it's not an exaggeration if you're using shooting splits to say that he is probably the most efficient high-end scorer in NBA history. His numbers are better than Michael Jordan's. No, like, when he when he goes on a tear, when he, he, goes, he burns the world down. When he goes, he goes. Like, he's getting 50 on 24 shots. or he's You know what I mean? Like, he is going absolutely insane. And so I always wonder how he's feeling about that. They have <laughs> not been winning a whole lot. And so I can't imagine how emotionally taxing it would have been last night for them to have that kind of outburst get that close and then end up losing to the Hawks who it didn't have Trey Young versus doing what they did yeah I mean I in talking to Dame last night I think he there was a sense of relief of hey we didn't drop a close one Mm -hmm. more than anything else um, and for those wondering, uh, in the month of January, the only person who scored more points per game uh, was Joel Embiid, and he played five less games than Dame. <laughs> Dame played 15 games, 37 minutes a night, took 21 shots, shot 50, 37, 91, with eight assists, four rebounds. Jeez, man. Unbelievable. 15th, 15th player of the week of his career. And then pulling up the advanced numbers. I mean, I'm trying to think of the month of January. I mean, how does he, who would you pick over him for player of the month? Because Joel's going to get in the East. It's Joel or Giannis in the East. The West. For sure. Luca maybe has a case. Luca, Braun. Yeah, Braun's been good since he turned 38. I know Jokic just had a few games there, but I, if we're just talking about stats and numbers, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if those are better than Dame's numbers. Yeah, no, I I think he's probably a he's he's certainly a finalist. Yeah, player of the month. There's no doubt about it. And and, and after last night, uh, another 40 point performance in the month, and it was another game in which he had 20, 20 or more at half. I believe that was the eighth time in the month. Twenty or more at half. I had uh, hiking on. I had hiking on this morning. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, yeah, me and me and Meringue were sitting next to each other. And he hit a bucket. And he said, you and him looked at each other and went, Dame has 31? Yeah. And it was like one of those, like, you knew he was playing well. You mm-hmm. know he's hitting his shots. But it's like one of those games where you just look It was up just ho-hum. And, Damn, man. Like, he's already at 30. It is. It's very ho-hum. Because he wasn't, the last, like, five games that he's been scoring, he hasn't been jacking shots. No, it's, I mean, that's the efficiency. Yeah, like, about. and you're like, because you look at the end of the night, like what he had, he had 42 on 21 last night. Yeah. 17 free throws great. changes it, but. Sure. 21 that's shots. Like, 21 is a normal night. Literally, he's averaging 21.2 shots a night. Yeah. So it's his average for the month. Danny, I had somebody tweet me that they didn't even know he was close to 60 the night he got 60. They were like, yeah, I didn't realize how close he was <laughs> until we got to like 50. And I was like, 
not being there, I'm like, damn, really? But that, no, that one, he, that one I felt. <laughs> okay. Well, I, that's kind of what he I had, thought. He watching, had 25 but... or 26 at half. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, I was like, 40s definitely happening. 50s oh, yeah. probably happen. I, I think I said something along the lines of 40 piece for sure, 50 piece probably more? Question mark. I was like, depends on kind of how the game goes. But right, like right. the 50 ball was always kind of like, yeah, there. His 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 ability to turn this on and you know do what he has done it's it's tremendous and what do they have eight more games I think eight seven more games before, before the deadline the break. yeah oh, I want to say deadline uh um, no before the yeah let's just okay. say let's just say deadline so you've got uh, Memphis uh, Washington Washington Chicago, Chicago yeah. and then home against the Bucks and then the Warriors on the eighth. What day is that so Bucks game? Five. Uh, Bucks is Monday the sixth. Mm. Is that one okay. maybe maybe you should go to? I mean, I love to, but basketball yeah. practice. Oh, coach, that'll do. Yep. Hey, you want to have kids still? Remember, you just said that like twenty minutes ah, ago. It's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> nannies are for. Come on now, they, they go to practices too, right? All right, let's get. <laughs> All right, let's get into the questions here because there's so many of you yeah. sent questions, so I appreciate you. Um, a, a couple of you sent in one. We'll start with this about Shaden not going to the Rising Stars game. I'm surprised. I thought it was bullshit. Uh, genuinely surprised. Yeah, he's already there for the dunk contest. It's a game where there's, I mean, we talk about no defense. There is a game that, like, they just do and one mixtape stuff or throw lobs the whole game. Why would you not want one of the highest leapers in the league mm, to be there? My only thought process thinking from the outside in was that, that he is already there. So why not get exposure for one more rookie? Yeah. I mean, that, I, that, that, I, that's my devil's advocate, but the, the other guy that they invited was AJ Griffin. And, and the only thing AJ Griffin does is shoot corner threes. Like, yeah, I, he's not right. Like if you're putting on a show, Shaden is at the top of that list. It's why Tim Duncan is a boring all-star. Yeah. Like, he just wants to be back to the basket glass bank guy, which is obviously totally all-time fine. stuff. But that ain't all-star stuff. Yeah. That ain't why we tune in. And so it's like, I hear what you're saying, but I, the Rising Stars game, man, I know NBA All-Star Weekend doesn't mean everything to everybody. I no. love it. I always have. I always kind of felt like that was a, a nod to, good start to your career, Rook. Yeah. 100%. And, and he, he hasn't been perfect, but... Damn, man, he gets the minutes. I feel and like the highlight stuff. Highlights. Like he, like, I don't, I don't think there's been a rookie this year that has that has had more spectacular highlights. Paolo's had a couple, Mathurin's had a couple, Murray's yeah, had, a couple. had a couple, Ivy's had a couple. But but yeah, nothing. Shaden not has like done Shaden. has done some insane shit. Like I mean, he, that, if he would have finished that windmill last night, oh Jesus! I, I that audi- windmill would have been I audibly insane. gasped from from me. It was a <gasps> dude. So did I, watching it. I was on my couch and I went. Oh. And he missed because I saw ball. Gary, and I was like, oh, no. Like, when he yeah. threw the pass under him, I was like, there's no way. And when he caught it and started to rotate, I was like, he's going to windmill that. Would have been the greatest dunk in Blazers history if he would have. It would have been a dunk that they <laughs> replayed throughout the entirety of his career. Oh, 100%. Yes. Because that, the way the crowd reacted, even on the miss. like Yes. The pure audacity. To do that, a windmill alley oop in game. You could hear the crowd on TV, by the way, like gasping. 
the yeah the oh yeah like, holy crap he almost got that it was and i want that in the rising star yes that's and that, I, that's exactly my point but as far as like why that's the only thing i could come up with otherwise it's all very dumb who decides it again who decides that i think that's coaches hmm interesting i think I'm, 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 what's what's really funny about this is um when I first talked to Shaden about the dunk contest in Seattle in the preseason, I was like, man, you really should do the dunk contest. And he's like, you think so? And I was like, you're already going to be down there for the Rising Stars game. He's like, you, sh- you think so? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Damn. Turns out I'm an idiot. <laughs> you were kind of right, though. He is down there. <laughs> he is down there, and he's down there for the dunk contest. Uh, but that's the, only, that's the only thing I could kind of figure out. Um this from Ben. One year later, how are you feeling about the team and the projection of this team compared to a year ago at this time with pending moves to be made? I thought this was a great question, by mm-hmm. the way. I know there's a lot of good questions here, but this was one that really kind of caught my eye of, oh, the, the reframing of everything? The check-in. Yeah. Yes, I like the check-in. Um, hmm. So where we were last year versus what we kind of expected and where we're at right now, a lot of what they've done... I kind of mentally thought they it's what they would be. The only thing I would counter is I thought this team would be a little better win-loss wise. I thought this team would be somewhere in that, you know, and I know they're close where in the win-loss column, but I thought they'd be somewhere in like the 7-9 range pretty comfortably most of the mm-hmm. way whereas, you know, injuries have kind of played a part in this and then defensive um tendencies have gotten in their way at certain points obviously i think there's a certain guy in their starting lineup that is not playing as much and he's kind of gone back to his former self at his last team and the attitude's not great and so they're playing smaller so they're having to make up for some stuff they're they're a little worse than i thought they would be uh, oh that's me i'm sorry <laughs> we just ESPN. got com. we just got a dmca claim yeah, I'm sorry, ESPN.com. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think they're about what I expected. I just win-loss-wise thought they'd be better than this. I, and wh- whatever you want to frame that, who you want to blame, uh, multiple people don't matter to me. Like, I thought they would be better win-loss-wise. I think that they're, they're, they're quite literally four games off of where I expected them to be. Mm-hmm. And for me... It's the same four games that the players have all kind of told me. The Denver game, they they have to round. The Pacers game, where they had like what thirty thirty one assists, and then they went what was it seven seven and a half minutes without scoring. Yeah. After just like firing on all cylinders, they just came to a screeching halt. Um, the Orlando game and um, the Orlando game hurt, man. Yeah. I have watched that game through at least three times, and then. The individual looks for Damon Ant probably like five or six times a piece. Because hmm. I was like, I, I was racking my brain over. I'm like, is there anything different that I would have done here? Like, um, I was talking to somebody who works in the analytics community that I thought was, is, this is a great way of framing this. In that he said, anytime you're watching a you know, tape of, on somebody... Pause it as they let the shot go. Are you happy with the shot? Mm-hmm. 
That's how you rate a shot. Without knowing the result, without knowing what's going to happen afterwards, are you happy with the shot? In that Orlando game, they're 6 of 35 from 3, legitimately 27 open looks. I would say of the 35 threes they took, 30 of them I was happy with. Mm-hmm. That's just a bleh. Yeah, you just went ice cold. And then the Laker game. Tw- blowing a 25-point lead. That one, this, that this one is, almost this felt isn't, like a season breaker, yeah. you know, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. The vibe after losing that game with that blown lead, that one felt like the most crushing. Yeah, but those four games, those aren't coin toss games. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of stupid shit happened for them yeah. to lose those games. I Partic- was at the Denver game. I and the Denver, the, the Denver game, game, like, everyone's like, oh, it was, a, it was a game-winning shot. And I'm like, the series of events that led up to that game-winning shot was a train wreck. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. You know, mad about four minutes. You know, or four, four point game, two minutes to go because shit can just happen. It just can. I. I, I again, uh, the basketball gods. You want to be on the good side of coin toss stuff, but historically, it's coin toss. But in the long run, it just works itself out. That's that's where I ultimately fall. But as far as where I am with this team, as far as how I feel about the team. God, this sounds so weird. I not only do I feel the same, I might feel even better. In the sense of, hmm. I know which way they want to go. Holy now, like I, I'm nearly certain the the Nurk experiment era is over. Oh, that yeah. I mean, I'm you're rounded. I'm not, but it. I tell you right now, as an observer, it it feels cooked. It feels done. I mean, when you play Drew Eubanks eleven minutes and fifty two seconds of the fourth quarter last night against yes. the Hawks, and calf, calf injury, be damned. When you play the dude you just gave a four year contract to this past summer, six seconds in the fourth quarter of a of a tight game, when you need size because they have athletic size, like, yeah, that's. Um, what, what, who is the comedian? It was that redneck dude. Here's your sign. Like, oh, uh, Bill Ingvall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, here it is. It's uh, right out there. Like, we're not keeping you for very long. Um, but, yeah, I – now, whether or not they're able to achieve their, their hopes and dreams and their goals at the deadline, mm-hmm. but, Tough. Yeah. It, but I do think that what they want to do is to get bigger, longer, stronger, more athletic. Mm-hmm. And that would entail moving on from Nurk. Just kind of is what it is at this point in time. Uh, but thanks, Ben. I, I thought that was a really good question. I did uh, too. Uh, Jeff Workman, at, 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 at JWKS, any scenario where Josh remains in PDX beyond the deadline, what's the likelihood of Keon being traded? Seems like he is at a point where he needs deserves a play so he can continue to develop. Can't get minutes here. Um, is there any scenario where Josh remains in Portland at the deadline? Sure, there's always a scenario. The default position should always be somebody is not getting traded because you're more likely to not get traded than you are to get traded. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just, uh, unless they're just absolutely cooked. But um, I I don't think Josh is here past the deadline. There's far too many teams that are interested in him. In him. There's far too many packages out there that I think make sense for the Blazers. Uh, I, I don't believe he's going to be traded uh, until up to the deadline because of that exact reason, unless somebody just blows them away because they want them more than somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that Josh I, again I, I just I think he's going to be moved. Yeah. Um, likelihood of Keon being traded. So selfishly, I want Keon to stay here because I think he's a wonderful human. I've sh- shared the story that I've, I've talked to him in the, the hallway a couple mo- or about a month ago now. Um, just kind of checking in on him after his father passed away this summer and the just the level of maturity and responsibility in his in his answers and just like it it just has me pulling for the guy and like I, I just want to be able to like be close to that and see him and in in his development and but I know he needs to go somewhere else yeah there's there's five guards in front of him there just is there's just five guys in front of him yep. uh, I hope he goes to a team where he gets to play 25 30 minutes a night uh, I genuinely do believe that Keon will be a rotation player in the NBA. And I don't think that if he does get moved, that he's just going to be a throwaway piece. I think when Portland got him, I think Joe and, and Mike thought of him as a athletic young piece that they could develop or at worst flip for something else because he has value. Right. Um, but he does need and deserve minutes. So I, I hope he does get a chance to go somewhere else, but I also hope Portland gets something back for him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything to add on Josh. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, if I was gambling, I'd put the gam, I'd put the butt, the bet that Josh is gone. Uh, but you know, I was reminded of a story a couple years ago. Like I, I remember, Kyle Lowry was as good as traded because Toronto wasn't going to lose Kyle Lowry for nothing. Mm-hmm. And then they effed around and, then, and they didn't and they get Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, and it I was literally talking to a Raptors reporter about that this morning. Yeah, and they they didn't get what they wanted, and he went. He chose Miami in free agency, and they got nothing for him. Like sometimes that happens, but I think this is a different situation. The Keon thing, you know, I think he'd be really served to go to like a young team. I'm just throwing out an example, like a Houston Rockets, some a team. No, that, no, no, not Houston. Anywhere but Houston. Houston is where prospects go to die. Okay, all right, we're at we're anti Houston right now. Yeah, okay. uh, Orlando, Detroit. San Antonio, jam at that guard position. Okay, San, too, San Antonio, I, I, like yeah, I'm with you. Any of the other young teams, but Houston, I would I would not wish that upon Keon. I'm I'm okay. That's that's to- that's totally fair. <laughs> San Antonio might be throwing lobs to Wimby next year. Who mm. knows? But what I would say is, I was reading something earlier, um, and I know we got trade questions in here. I'm not as plugged in. One, two players I've been reading about, Vandy and Beasley mm-hmm. in Utah, who are clearly being shopped right Utah's now. another team because they've got veteran point guard in Conley and, and Clarkson, who are probably going to get moved. So the, the the verbiage coming out of Utah is very interesting. It went from Danny's going to want the world for all these dudes to huh. like a first-round pick. Huh. Not almost, even a pick. Almost like. if you were listening to the show back in August. And, and Danny, <laughs> if... And let's just use the former guy in charge in Portland. Mm. If he was to have, if he was to trade for a Keon, what do you think he would say in the press conference? Oh, it's well, like a it's like a first round pick. Keon is like a first round pick, and so I saw those tea leaves connected the dots. I don't know if Portland's going to go for them. I'm just simply throwing out that's what the messaging out of Utah is now. It's like a first round pick. Keon's mm-hmm. first round pick. Blazers got him. He still has a lot of untapped potential. Yeah, I I, I think you were very much uh, online for sure. Um, this from Ty Forshee, uh, at Ty Four. Why aren't we seeing the Blazers play a little more? Additionally, why are we seeing Billups choosing to play Simons with full bench units at times instead of staggering Damon Simons? <coughs> excuse me, with GP two and Little. Um, I, I I'm have, actually curious your answer on this because yeah, I was wondering if he's on a minutes restriction. So I actually got a clarification on this. The only person okay. right now on a minutes restriction is GP two. Mm. 
I don't know why Nasir isn't playing more. It was a, a it was a discussion among media members, particularly last night, um, when we all looked down. And again, Shaden had a nice night. Twenty six minutes, nice night. I don't know. Nasir played thirteen. Yeah, and he was efficient in the thirteen minutes he got. Knocked down his two threes, and there was, I had somebody say, "Well, he had no, no, no nothing other than his that his two threes. You know, no, no rebounds, no assists, no steals. Like he played like two four minute shifts or two yeah, five minute shifts. Like it was, I, he didn't get a whole lot of burn. Um, I th- I think if you flip those minutes between the two, I mean, Nasir has shown that he's a very consistent offensive rebounder, especially for a, for a, a guard, a big guard or an average size wing. Um, I was a little surprised. Uh, I would actually like to see Nas play some minutes at the two. I do. I, I also, can I just add real quick before mm-hmm. you go off of why you want him at the two, he brings you juice defensively. Yes. That's the thing. You, you can, you can see it. You can hear it. You can feel it. Like having a guy out there. And, and by the way, could not be happier watching a player right now than Nas. He's, he's been staying healthy. I know it hasn't been long, but he's been staying healthy. He's hitting his shots when he gets the opportunity. He's not playing big minutes, but I think he brings you juice defensively. It's something this team desperately needs. Yeah, and we talked about the other night how he went out and took the bull by the horns, so to speak, and was like, I'm going to be at the top of the zone with Jeremy. Yep. And I asked Chauncey about that. He's like, yeah, that's that's what we want out of him. We want him, like, it's not a small thing to stick Ant and Dame in the corners of a zone because you're so small on the help, but he wanted to take that challenge on. And we want guys who want to take that challenge on. And that's the thing is I think Nasir is coming correct every single time he comes on the floor. Right. And that is not something you can say about everybody on this team right now. Yeah. So uh, that is a question that I have um, when the Blazers get back into town. Uh, a lot of the questioning last night um, had to do with either just kind of general stuff or Simons over the last kind of like five or six games because it's there's been a noticeable trend in his in his shot profile changing and his playmaking increasing turnovers down defensive attitude all those kind of things so I think everybody was kind of monitoring that I think the next thing that everybody's kind of talking about is 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 Little's minutes and mm-hmm. how how that ultimately ends up playing out uh, as far as the rotation stuff goes um, I think part of the reason that the rotation changed um, from Dame playing like the whole first and third quarter, basically, or 10 minutes of each quarter, and then coming out and, and Ant being kind of the split in-between guy. Now Ant's playing the first 10 of the first and third. The big part of that for me is that it gets Shaden with Dame more. So you can offset some of Shaden's stuff all the time with Dame. Mm-hmm. And that burden doesn't fall on Ant. And Ant is playing with Jeremy and Josh Moore. Yeah. So it kind of levels some things off um, as far as that stuff goes. That's what it that's what it looks like to me. So um, I think the bench has been more consistent in that vein, too. I think you've seen a little bit more from Shaden over like the last 10, 12 days when they've got when they've kind of gone to that change. Is that have you noticed the same? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're seeing a slightly more confident player when you have a guy like Dame alongside you doing mm-hmm. what he's doing. And GP's yeah, usually kind of at the three spot to kind of oh, bolster yeah. him. Yeah, he's kind of guiding him a little bit as they're going along. GP made some really, I thought, some really good plays in the minutes that he gave last night, not just the lob pass. I thought he did some good <laughs> things offensively. I thought he made some really good defensive plays. I, I still maintain, man, he, he might be no disrespect meant to Nurk, but like he might be their second best screener. 
Um, I just I, the oh, way there's, he there's trains, no doubt about that the way he rolls. Yeah, I, I just think he knows exactly what he's doing in that sense. And then I think he just makes Shaden feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Shaden could go into, uh, let's say, any other team situation, team picking high, picking him. You know, he'd probably get more minutes. He'd get more shots. That don't mean it's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes going out there and watching a vet like Dame operate while you have a mentor in GP2 kind of guiding you along the way. And I think some, sometimes you see this. You see mm-hmm. it kind of click for him. Now, it's not consistent. Kawhi but, with the Spurs. It's the same kind yeah, of situation. Like It's like, come along with us and, hey, no, go do this. Hey, no, go be here. Hey, go do this. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing. Yeah, no, I, I think very much the, the kind of the same thing. And I, the finding that balance and changing the lineups, that's not an easy thing for guys to do. No. Like, Dame has been in that rotation forever. Play the whole first quarter, sit the mm-hmm. second. like, And now it's we've switched it up a little bit. So for him to make that change, it's no small sacrifice for him. Like yeah. these guys are all creatures of habit. For him to be like, "All right, like you, you got to deal with this um, kind of situation." You know, it, it is uh, somebody in the comments asked, asked how long I was out from the radio. Just real quick, I was just out today because I was getting an uh, an MRI. So I will be back in the studio tomorrow. I will be out uh, once I have surgery, which is coming in a couple weeks. So. I'm surprised you're not taking uh, some of our technology to the hospital and just stacking it up at the hospital. Just, just live, just live stream on the on the via. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe by that time we'll have our uh, our YouTube slash Twitch deal up, and oh, I can, uh, I can crossed, get li- get live stream from the hospital. I'll sign the waivers. You guys want you guys want to watch my hip surgery live? The funny thing is going to be when you take a commercial break and the nurse helps you to go take a piss and you come back and the camera slipped and you don't know it. It's going right up your gown. <laughs> I mean, you kidding me? I'm going to do it on purpose. <laughs> it's only Dan's, baby. It's the debut. Oh, God. Um, this is from Chris Fletcher. That almost sounded really bad. From Chris Fletcher uh, at C. Fletcher 1922. Is it possible Portland simply doesn't do anything at the trade deadline? Man, my tongue is just bleh. I feel like it should be trade for OG or nobody. Okay. Hmm. That's a big trade. I, I, I'm going to work backwards on this. Okay. I do not believe that OG is ending up in Portland. It certainly I, doesn't feel that way. I do believe that there's a strong likelihood he gets moved. New York. I think your front runner is Memphis. Oh, who would they move out of Memphis? Just out of curiosity. They, they have a pile of picks. Yeah, that's true. They have a pile but they, but of they picks. like their picks. They like their picks. This is when you cash it in. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, they're in win now mode already. Mm-hmm. So you had OG. They could them. give up. They could give up a lot of draft capital and Danny Green's contract, and go. All right, thank you. We're gonna roll out uh, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, OG Ananobi, and Jaron Jackson Jr. and say, "Good luck scoring." Brandon Clark coming off the bench. Oh my God. Steven oh Adams for a team God. that has like a real big. <laughs> Throw Xavier Tillman in there just to beat the shit out of somebody. Oh man. I'm jealous of Memphis. Yeah. They, they probably still need a little more or like a guard creator, but um, they'll figure it out. Memphis scares the crap out of me. It should scare the crap out of everybody in the West. Cause guess what? They're all in their twenties. So, um, They'll be in cap hell eventually, but it won't matter if they're doing like what the Warriors were doing, which is just winning and winning and winning. Yeah. It's like again, I don't think they're like a multi-title team like that. But like if you're you constantly, but if you're constantly in it, 
then you just pay. You because we've already seen in Memphis, when they're rolling, that city rides with that team. Yep. So yep. Um, I, I think that's that's a – I'd put OG moving at like 35 40%, which I mean, for some people probably doesn't sound like a, mutt, a lot. That's a big number for me. Well, that's a big trade. I yes. mean, people need to understand. I want to say this before we get to other trade questions. Even that trade, OG, and wherever you would place him in the mm-hmm. NBA – like even that level of trade, that that's a big trade at the trade deadline. Usually, there's like these small little roll guy moves. Getting big trades doesn't always happen every year, so getting an mm-hmm. OG trade, I think, is a, even a, a pretty sizable yeah. trade. Um, is it possible Portland doesn't do anything at the trade deadline? Yes. Is it likely? No. <laughs> I mean, we took the over last <laughs> podcast we did, right? One, one, one and a half deals one take the half, over. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's not just like Portland's just going to do one deal. I don't. Yeah. And if you're talking one and a half players, I'm definitely smashing the over because I think at least three guys get moved. So, just because of the way the money goes. Um, this from Scott uh, at Scott PTB thirty. What is your minimum expectation for the for the trade deadline where you would come away happy? Minus to have more rotation players after February 9th than before February 9th. Say that a question again. You cut out for a second uh, for me. What is your minimum expectation for the deadline? Oh. Uh, where you would come away happy. Hmm. And then he, he said, mine is to have more rotation players after February 9th than before February 9th. Yeah. Go, go ahead on this one. I I hate to sound like a, a dud. I don't really have much more of an expectation than that. I'd like mm-hmm. them. I mentioned Vandy. I mentioned Beasley. I don't, I don't know where Portland stacks with those dudes, but mm-hmm. if you told me there was a deal where they could throw a Keon and a Josh – and get that like mm-hmm. that's kind of what i'm expecting mentally yeah. i'm not expecting much more than that i i think it'd be a bad expectation if you get more you know there you go you've exceeded your expectations but that's about my expectation getting you two guys who will play versus in that deal you'd be sending one guy who plays for you versus the other guy can't crack the rotation mm-hmm. because you're already guard heavy and you're getting kind of you're getting quasi bigger yeah, in you get Vandy, who's Van- nice to have. Vando's 6'8", 6'9", yep. uh, super long, mobile. Yep. Um, he becomes your your backup four. What's Malik, 6'5"? 6'4 and a half. He was just here four with and Utah, and I was actually, yeah. I was like, he walked by me, and I was like, he's not 6'5". <laughs> I actually, I, I can't remember who it was who was sitting baseline with me. It was one of the other, uh, it was one of the trailblazers who was sitting next to me. And I was it might have been Nas because Nas, uh, Nas is somebody I've gone back and forth about heights because yeah. both him and Josh are both listed at 6'5", and he has right. at multiple times gone just like, him? Nas is always honest, too. Nas is like, no, that's, that's not true. He's like, if he's 6'5", I'm 6'6". He's yeah, very right. adamant about it. Right. Um, but I was like, yeah, Beasley's not 6'5". Beasley, Beasley's... I would say Beasley Beasley and Ant look like they're about the same size. They look like they're okay. both like both 6'4". Um but Beasley gives you another guy who can dribble, pass, and shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, you can put him on the floor and not be worried. Like, Malik Beasley is a playoff player. Oh, I think he'd be excited to be here, too, because I think mm-hmm. you can tell where Utah's going, where he's like, he'd get to come play with Dame and that opportunity. Um, yeah, no, and that's the thing is, again, we you know he was a guy who was on that Denver team when mm-hmm. they played each other a couple years ago. And looking at this team, they need more shooting. Flat out, they need more shooting. Having the ability to go 
you know, Ant Beasley, um, or uh, or or actually having two of Dame Ant Beasley on the floor at any given time mm-hmm. is huge because now you've got at least two, not just good but plus shooters with Jeremy Nasir if he continues to do what he does, and you can you can put lineups out there where. If you're big as a non-shooter, let's use Nerlens for this because he's entirely a rim runner. Right. It's okay because your shooting is improved, while also your your vertical presence has improved. So if when you do run pick and rolls, and he does run down the lane, you do actually have a vertical threat. Right. The right. Blazers do not have that vertical gravity threat, and so. You get the shooting, which opens some lanes a little bit more. You saw the way the Blazers closed last night with five shooters. They spread everybody out with Damon Ant. And for whatever reason, <coughs> decided to throw a hard double at Damian Lillard at 40 feet. A one, one pass away from Anthony Simons. Look, no disrespect <laughs> meant to your guy Ant. The Woo! reason you do that is because that man can't miss. It was like, he's da- so Dame, damn good. Dame literally goes, look. You want to throw two at me at 40 feet and leave one of the best three-point shooters in the league one pass away? Go ahead. Yo, <laughs> like, like if you're going to make it that easy for me, go ahead. To bring it back, so I'm sitting next to my daughter, and we're watching that possession. Mm-hmm. And I see Dame drive. And I see, was it Hunter? or Who was it? I, it think, was, it was, uh, I think it was DeAndre one pass I think away. It was yeah. Hunt, I think DeAndre drops down. And I immediately, before even Ant shot, I go, well, that was a mistake. <laughs> and I was like, swish. And even even Ant was like, he kind of giggled when he was like. It was wide open. He was like, I didn't think I'd be. I didn't think I'd be that open. Sometimes you miss those shots because you're almost so thrown off yeah. by what's he, going. You're like, wait. What he was like, I, I did not expect that. As people in the comments are talking about we're adding another 6'4 guy and that being the missing piece. No. No, use your ears. Critical thinking. Adding another guy to the team who can shoot. If Josh Hart is leaving mm-hmm. and you're getting a guy back who's on the floor who can shoot. Will shoot di- and will shoot. Volume will shoot. shoot while you're adding Jared Vanderbilt, who is six foot eight or six foot nine, help some of your depth problems in the big spot. You're yeah. adding size and you're adding shooting. And you're, by the way, he may end up being a damn good basketball player. But again, for that crowd, you're sending Josh out. So who's one guy in your rotation and Keon, who's yes. in your deep bench, who is not yes. playing. So you're that's elevating the, the back yeah. end of your bench. Yeah. Like. When this this isn't the world-beating move. Nobody is casting it as such. It is an example of a move where you're getting more rotation players. It, because yes. the back end of the Blazers' rotation is not something you can rely on. If I told you you had the option between Keon Johnson, who I very much like, or Malik Beasley, it's very easy to know which way you're going to go. It's Malik mm-hmm. Beasley. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an okay thing to have. And again... Yeah. And when I'm not talking about putting Dame, Ant, and Malik on the floor at the same time, I'm saying you can have two of those three on the floor at any given time. That's a good place to be. Yeah, to me, it's 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 not even. I'm I'm not getting as deep as like we're talking about the future and championship stuff no, here. No, like, this is this, just this tweets. team wants to climb the ladder. They want mm-hmm. to climb three, four games. They want to get back into this play-in slash playoff. That was always kind of their goal. 
I just think you're trading you're trading two players, but you're really trading one player for two guys who are going to come to the rotation. The other part about Malik, he's a drastically different player than Josh. He's not going to do what Josh is doing in some aspects. But I know that when Malik is open in the corner of the wing and he gets a, a sick pass from Dame or Ant or whoever, he's not going to hesitate. He's going to shoot the ball. You need yes. that. Like that, there have been games. I'm not pinning everything on him, but there have been games where Josh has passed up possessions. There have been there I, have been two games that it has it has absolutely cost them. It, and it's just yeah, it's thrown their offensive rhythm off. And again, he is a very good basketball player. Do not want both to things can be screwed. both things can be existing at the same time. So yes, for that for that audience that's suggesting this isn't the world beating move, we're just I'm trying to set expectations for people here because I think Danny, you get inundated with people that. Say, oh, this, this, that. And, you know, I got people that, that are always like, oh, what do you need this, this, that? And, like, for me, it's it's more so saying that's as good as I'm expecting it to be. And if it's better, well, shoot, we'll talk about that. Uh, if it's different, we'll talk about that. But, like, what's your what's your expectation? There's my expectation. Mm-hmm. A, Van, a Vando and a Beasley – would be great. I think it would help this team tremendously. And, and you're addressing two time. two issues, like yeah. two birds, one stone. Yeah. Adding shooting, adding creation, adding size. Like those are the things that everybody keeps saying that they want to do. You're you're not going to trade Josh or Nurk and get like this franchise altering piece. What you can get is stuff that makes more sense. Yeah. And that's what matters. Somebody I saw somebody say something along the lines of. Uh, what about just like getting bigger by playing Jeremy Grant as, at his natural small forward position? Um, well, that's that's a that's a red herring. Jeremy Grant's small uh, natural position is not small forward. His, his natural position is four. You can say he's a poor rebounding four. That's fine. But the idea of him playing the small forward, you can go to cleaning the glass, uh, or if you don't, I will put a link in there with a screenshot. Uh, Jeremy Grant's numbers at three throughout his career are significantly worse than they are at the four. What makes Jeremy Grant good is that while he's supremely athletic, it's his ability to get past other fours. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have that same level of get past when it comes to threes. That's where that, that, that whole little spot works. That's why he's been so much more successful at the four spot as a big wing, as opposed to a wing wing. So, I see that come up from time to time, but yeah, his natural position is four. Uh, maybe in, maybe in the NBA 20, 20 years ago, you can argue he's a super big three, but otherwise he's he's a four. He's a four in today's NBA. Um, this from Zach at Zach Backpacks. What's more likely the deadline? Trade Hart and Nurk for a center. Nas gets promoted. Trade Hart for bench depth. Nurk stays. Nas gets promoted. We make a trade for an upgrade at small forward. The middle one. I think the first one, but I don't think it's for a center. I think it could be two different deals. I think both can get traded sure. without Hart having to be attached to Nurk, although there are multiple there are multiple deals out there that I've heard discussed that would be Hart and Nurk together. And I've heard other ones where they're two solely, totally separate, totally, wow, totally separate uh, transactions. But if you're, if you were to guess, I mean, look, it, 
I think it, they, I think they both get moved. It feel well. I mean, you, you, okay, that's fair to say. If it, it feels really over with Nurt, I mean, I this is not like the prototypical conversation we've probably had in the media and amongst fans for two years now. Of like, ah, oh, they should probably move on from him. Yeah, no, this this feels like it feels like the divorce I'm, papers are being served. This is Tom and Giselle. Yeah. Some people are out there and like, no, 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 like give him a little more time. They'll they'll figure this out. They'll he'll take a month. He'll take a month off from practice and go and, figure this whole thing out. Right, and then he comes back and like, yo, we actually just signed those divorce papers. <laughs> like I, I feel like they're drawn up right now. I'm actually dating a 25 year old IG model. It would blow your mind. But but to be fair to the question, I'm gonna go with the middle one there, and it's a pessimistic viewpoint. But I I, I think they should move Nurk. I think it's not good right now. But I would yeah. say more likely Nurk's here, Josh trades for the package we just talked about. Mm-hmm. For you sub in and, and switch things up and put Nas in the starting lineup. One way or the other, I I have not heard a deal yet outside of some Crowder stuff. And I don't think there's a lot of smoke around that fire mm-hmm. uh, that will turn into a starting three coming back in a Hart or Nurk deal. I uh, think w- one way or the other, Nasir Little will be the starting three after the deadline. Did you see Masai and James Jones walk into the tunnel? Not that execs don't talk, oh, but yeah. it was just funny how they looked like, let's go draw this deal up. Listen, all I'll say is, man, uh, Portland's been at home for the last two weeks, and there's been a lot of teams that have come through. Yeah, that's true. So it's that's just true. that, uh, you know, some of us uh, some of us here in Portland uh, give uh, give the team maybe a little bit of privacy. Uh, Christiana at Christiana Mayer. Why is Jeremy Grant waiting till the end of the year? Does he want more money? And this is, I would guess, in regards to um, Jeremy's extension. Gun to my head, I would be not uncertain that a wink and a nod deal is already in place for Jeremy. I would imagine that that number is between 30 and 32 annually. Yeah. When it's all said and done, if you're talking about maybe having to pay a tax and take a fifth year on this, basically bump it up to five one fifty. I'm not mad at that. He's 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Does he look like the kind of guy whose game is really going to age poorly? No, no. I would actually argue his game might look pretty good. I think he's he he's that young. Y- yes. Yeah, that's like is like is he gonna average twenty one like a career year every year? No, but I can very much see, like is he gonna be maybe slightly overpaid in one of those years? Mm, don't think so because the TV deal blowing up his his deal's not tied as a percentage to the cap, so it's not yeah. gonna be astronomical. Um, I think it's pretty easy to see him being at that line. He's outplayed the four one twelve. He's outplayed. But, but that's why he doesn't sign it, by yeah. the way. Yeah, there is there is no reason for him to sign that. And I'm happy about that. And you know who else is happy about that? The Blazers. They're happy that he's turned in literally his best year as a pro. Well, and they're, yeah. I mean, and, they're, and they're more than willing to pay him. Flip it the other way. Imagine he doesn't have a great year, and you're like, well, we got to keep him. we got to give him 4 one Yeah, we got to pay him now. Oh, God. You know, I, that's... I thought his quote, I think he said it uh, to the Athletic, like, his mm-hmm. quote, something the effect of, 
it'll get it work itself out. I would love. Uh, we'll we'll talk to Joe at the end of the summer. I'm happy. I, I love it here. Yeah. It, you know he's doing the right things publicly, but I I it's a genuine nature to him, and I think he they understand it. As you said, a wink and a nod, and him and Dame are clicking, and I think he wants to be here. Yeah, I thirty million a year for Jeremy Grant doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. There's there's always the the Portland tax. There is. But I, I genuinely I genuinely think that Jeremy is is happy here. And from a personal slash selfish standpoint, I really enjoy Jeremy. Not just on the floor, but like as a dude, he's he's a genuinely interesting and fun person to talk to. Um I've taken to talking to him about fashion over the last couple of weeks because like he's he's genuinely interested. Not 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 league fits, just getting stuff off. Right. Like he genuinely cares about it. You know, he spent a bunch of time at, at, at Fashion Week in Paris. I was talking about that before he came to Summer League. And mm-hmm. like he like just he, the things he wants to do with it, like getting into designing and designing his own stuff and working with like different people to come up with. Like he's just a really unique, like very introspective, thoughtful dude. Um, and it's, I like having him around. I just genuinely in the locker room, even though he doesn't say really anything without first being talked to, everybody's drawn to him. Yeah. Uh, somebody called him, uh, kind of a yogi, just kind of Zen all the time. Mm -hmm. Just always on, on balance, always on keel. Just, and there's something to be said about having a guy like that in your locker room. Who especially sure. is who's so high up the pecking order, like you just look over and you see that that dude is always on balance. Like I think you need to have a guy like Gary Payton who's always on tilt, but you need to have the other guy who's just always just mm, kumbaya on the moment, man. Um, it's just it's it's super cool. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, does he want more money? Yes. Does he deserve more money? Yes. Will he get more money? Yes. Will he leave Portland? No. Barring a radical change, I don't think there's a world that exists that he leaves. Uh, somebody asked yeah. if, if Jeremy was the origin the origin for my cardigan. Um, <laughs> he was not. Holdall was the origin. Bill Orem was the enforcer of it. Uh, oh and, yeah, Orem. And then uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm Team Cardigan now. So yeah, I like that. I like that you've adjusted your your wardrobe. You're fitting in a little bit more. You're a little bit. I, I'm literally wearing a hoodie and sweats right now because I just well, I just came from the doctor. But otherwise, right. yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to. Trying to upgrade the style a little bit. Yeah. I did wear the cardigan with Crocs the other day, so I'm really pushing it. That's the most Portland outfit you've ever worn in your life. Listen, man, I, people don't know it. Like, other than going to games, I don't wear regular shoes. It's so hard for my hip for yeah. me to put shoes on. I literally just go in, into sport mode, man, and just slide into the Crocs. I am literally wearing them right now. I was going to – what are those called? Those uh, What do the, they call them? The jibs? The giblets. My wife is the, the one giblets. who – she's like, if you're going to wear those on the time, I am going to put giblets on there. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I got a Christmas. I don't like them, but I got giblets all over them. Yeah? You don't like them? No, I hate Crocs. Are they comfortable, though? They're not bad. I'm. I, yeah, I'm not going to argue with the comfort. It's a, it's a ridiculously ugly shoe. I, I Listen, I, I will hear give, no slander. Give me, give me a Nike or Jordan slide all day, please. Please. I, I do like these have the sport mode, though. Oh, God. Two-wheel four-wheel drive. That's the other thing. The, the, the fact that we have a shoe <laughs> that has holes all over it, and we call it sport mode as we 
It's like, it's, it's, you know who it is? It's Steve Carell's character in 40 year old virgin. When he's painting this toy soldier, he's like, silver paint blue. That's what I think of when I hear people go, oh, I got sport mode now. Like, that's what I hear in my head is his character saying. Look, man, my legs, my hips are broken. Having that, that safety is, is crucial. That I'm traction. Not trashing, I'm not trashing your decision to wear what people to wear. But mm-hmm. I am trashing the shoe in general. And it's wow. ridiculous that we call something sport wow. mode. Sport mode because you put your little strap behind your, your Achilles. Um, Scott Roberts, uh, SJ Mina 17. Best guess on the backup or new starting center uh, they pick up at the deadline. If they are committed to not tanking, they have to add some size. This look, is man, yours, man. Look, I man, this, this is a long list. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a best guess right now. I don't know which way they're going. I have heard, God, eight different names. Throw them out quick. Rapid fire. Uh, Bamba, Hartenstein, Noel. Um, I've heard Wendell Carter Jr., but I, I think that was like somebody Orlando's else. Orlando's got to keep him. There, I don't think there's a world. Like, it would cost a truckload yeah. to get him. Um, <sighs> duh, 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 duh. I'm trying to rack my brain of who else I did. Obviously, Aiden. Um, yeah, Turner can technically be traded, right? I don't think yes. he will trade him, but he can technically. I have been told that he will not be has been taken off the block at okay. least until this summer. And then we'll hear about it again, and they won't trade. But him. But between he he will. I have been told that he has been given assurances from the team and the organization he will not be traded at the deadline. Okay. So, okay. Um, so that's I mean that's generally who you're talking about. Though, yes. Those guys. Okay. There's somebody else that I'm trying to think of, but I can't remember. Oh, Plum Dog. Plum Dog did come up too. Okay. Um, Plum dog. Uh huh. He's. I, I think he's uh, a a a non sneaky candidate to get moved. He's a lefty. I I I think there's a good chance that Plum dog gets moved. I know. Um, I know he might require a little more. Um, and it really wouldn't make sense from a Nurk asset standpoint. Uh, Nas Reed. I know his name's kind of Nas. Nas there. was one of the, was one of them. Um, I've heard different valuations on him. Yeah, me too. As far as like what it would take to get him out of Minnesota, um, I I think Portland kicked around Pirtle, but mm. not. But I don't think that their their valuation stands to match what San Antonio thinks they can get out of him. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I I don't have a clue as to who who that name would be. Oh, thank you. Uh, Brandon put it in the in the chat. Uh, Gafford from Washington was the other one. Oh, Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford. Uh, quick question. I haven't watched as many games of theirs as I've liked, but when I watch League Pass, mm-hmm. Rashawn Holmes. I've had that name town. thrown at me probably a half dozen times, and Sacramento is a team that Portland has traded with. Cleveland is a the team they've traded with the most over the last 10 years. Sacramento is number two. So there yeah. are relationships there. He's fallen out of their rotation. He has, and I don't think Monty McNair is going to be able to keep him. Yeah. I do <sighs> The idea of Rashawn Holmes seems so much better than the actual Rashawn Holmes, and I don't mean sure. that as slanderous. I think Rashawn's a good player. I know what you mean. But he's also, he's been banged up. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, I haven't heard any links to them. Gotcha. But also Sacramento's running things a little bit different than they have in the past where they used to just be the leakiest ship known to man. They are, they are, they're not buttoned up. But they are not nearly as tight as they, or not not nearly as open as they used to be. Good for them, though. Yes, um, like with with Portland, Joe and his team would do not let much get out. 
That's no, I, you that's can't find how they operate. You get random weird rumor mill trade mm-hmm. stuff, but you're not getting any concrete. I don't care who you read, where you read. You ain't nope. getting any intel right now. Nope, you are not getting it from Woj and Shams. Not one bit. So, and, and the stuff that you read about Portland in person or in the in the uh, the the trade rumors and stuff like that, it's all from other teams. Yeah. It's not from Portland. It's not how they operate. Um, but yeah, as, as far as like naming that big, ugh, I know that's 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 like throwing money down on roulette right now. Yeah. But I also think that in saying that they're canvassing. Like there's multiple guys they're looking at. I will say this: Hartenstein sounds like if he's moved, it will it will not be to Portland. I I have heard of other teams that are the more Clippers are want sniffing Clip, around that. Clippers are, are the one that I hear is the favorite to go back to. Um, and the the big name, obviously, in Aiton. I've been told with by uh, I mentioned this on the After Dark last night that uh, Matt Ishbia, the new owner, is not interested in entertaining deals for book oops book mikhail cam and deandre so they want to move crowder for sure and they want to get something out of him um and i've been told that if the right deal came along that they would be willing to listen on chris paul but they'd much rather do it in the summer to see if they can get healthy here make some tweaks and maybe make a run so um That's kind of the way I think I would go with that. So I wouldn't expect an eight and deal and at the deadline. Yeah. This is kind of the reason I put more of the eggs. It, it very well could be wrong here, but mm-hmm. it's kind of why I put more of the eggs in the Josh Keon basket. Sure. And just say like Nurk just for whatever, they suck it up and they go and they wait to the summertime. I have heard that, that Toronto is, is, is still interested in Nurk too. Hmm. Okay. So uh, they still have a guy in uh, Philadelphia that they need to deal with if they do get to the playoffs. That's true. And you just have to have a behemoth. You need a big body, yeah. So, um, as long as Joel Embiid is in that conference, you're going to need just a monster human being. Um, well, I've, you give us Pascal, we'll give you uh, yeah. Yusuf, and you can. Good luck to yeah. you against Billy. Um, I think the the way like the teams that I can imagine being interested in there besides Toronto, Charlotte, Dallas. Uh, Washington, if they wanted to move uh, KP back kind of the four to hide him. Yeah. Um, I could see a world where Miami would, but they're, you'd have to take Duncan Robinson Deadman? back. You're taking Deadman back? Yeah, Duncan Robinson. and and. I don't know if I want that contract. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> either. That's like, aging like sour milk. Yo, yeah, I had somebody say, but like, what if you took Duncan with like Kayla Martin, the first round pick? And I'm like, that's still, a, that's still... Still throwing the medicine down with some sugar, like. <sighs> Yo, what's he got? Three, four years. He definitely has. I think he's three more years left. Yeah. It's five for ninety after like having a great year shooting. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, again, I don't think Nurk or Harder back after the deadline. I think Hart because of the contractual stuff. You just kind of have to figure that out. I also think there's a lot of interest. Yeah. Um, with the Nurk stuff, I just think it's untenable. It very well. Like I don't think you can close the season with him. Yeah. Like it. What, what, I don't have to look at you know or talk to people off the record to get information about deals or anything like that. I could just look on the floor and see who's not there. 
Oh, I could just, you could just see it on your screen. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, it's you not watch and feel it. It's and that's the thing is like there's a question here about vibes, and that's what kind of where I wanted to go next with this. Uh, where did I? There we go. Um, just for news eight two five eight. That's a very specific title. Uh, are the vibes getting messed up by the prospects of trade, and why isn't Nas playing more? His shooting potentials are great. Kind of in touch with the Nas stuff, but are the vibes getting messed up by prospects of trades? I don't think they entirely are. But I do think there's a little bit of some sour juju uh, around Josh and Nurk, for sure. More so Nurk than Josh. Josh, I don't think mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even if he was like vehemently pissed off about everything in the world, which he is at all times, and I mean that in the most endearing way possible. I love that about him. Um He's such a basketball pro yeah. on the floor that he's. It's. I don't think it's gonna bother him one bit. Nurk, I think it bothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, one's more of slightly a, more of a head case, I think, than the other. One gets more impacted by off court things and slightly on court things than the other. Josh, I would imagine Josh got here and Josh felt like, hey, I might be a part of this team's future. I think Josh is smart enough, been in the league long enough to understand, like, all right, going into the year, I might be a piece. He's like, he's it, on his third team in five years. He's he's yeah. he's this this generation's Jay Crowder. Good player that everybody wants, but yeah. also because he's a good player that everybody wants, he gets moved around. Right. And whereas, like, the other one, and, and I hope, by the way, you're right and I'm wrong, but I think uh, Whatever he was in Denver and what caused them to throw in that trade with Plum Dog, I think we finally reached, like, whatever he was, we've gotten that. He, he is clearly unhappy. Uh, you know, I didn't expect him to sit the other night. That was random. And then he plays six seconds in the fourth quarter in their, in their uh, game last night against Atlanta, and I'm just like, there's not more writing on the wall than when you sign a guy to a four-year, $70 million deal and you're not even – you're just barely past the halfway point of the season to sit him after six seconds in the fourth quarter when you need when you need size. Like, Or, I mean, you, you can even go earlier. When you sign him to that deal and he plays Euro League and he comes into camp out of shape. Which is crazy to me still to think about, like, how much we heard he was in shape I and then he very clearly the was not in shape. And then, yeah, he gets over here, and it's like, yo, you're not even close to being in shape. Yeah. I watched him in EuroLeague, and I'm like, okay, he'll be at least be in better shape. He mm-hmm. looked like he hadn't played basketball in a year. It took him a month to get up. Yeah. So I think there were some some markers there from the start, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but that's just... Not that it, we can play this. I don't want to play this game because I don't want to keep... I don't want to drag the pot on too long on this one topic. It would have been fascinating to see who would have signed him. Had Portland just like, you know what? Oh, yeah. I think we're actually out on this. We're not going to bring you back. We'll figure this out a different way just to see who that team would have been and what he would have got. Just out of curiosity. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's an interesting thought process to kind of figure out who. And it's probably a good way to inform who would be interested in him now. Sure. Because likely be those same team. teams would be interested, even if they got somebody. Uh, Bruce Caesar Bennett has a quick question. Any news on Winslow? Um, I saw him on the floor shooting as a 
generous way of putting it. It was okay. a very ginger, uh, light shot taking five feet from the rim. I still, unless he makes a rapid recovery in the next like three days, I don't think he's on the floor before the break. Mm. Okay. I just, I don't see it. Um, I think there's a couple other little ones in here. David Louder is the best path forward missing the playoffs to have a lottery pick to either trade or draft. No, just talking to people around the league and, and just kind of getting an understanding. It's better for Portland to make the playoffs this year so that they, the, the pick is just taken care of. Yeah. And everyone's like, but if this draft, like you can say that about every draft and, but Vanda or, or, or Wemby, it's like, you cannot build the foundation of your team around building it up, tearing it down, building it up, tearing it down, building it up, tearing it down multiple years in a row. No, they, they've already asserted their position on that. No matter how you feel about it, they've already made it clear. So. Yes. So as far as that goes, uh, uh, Spencer Pools uh, at Spence P99. What do you see as Drew Eubanks' future role with the team? Is he a permanent guy at backup center, or do you think the Blazers attempt to make an upgrade? I think they're always interested in upgrades, but I don't think that necessarily means Drew is gone. I think in a perfect world, Drew is your third big, mm-hmm. where he's not playing backup minutes every single night, but on nights when like you need somebody like him, right? Then you're like you can see when he's overmatched. It's very clear. But when he has an advantage, it's also very clear. Yeah. And I think on those nights, like having him as an option is like your ninth or tenth guy is like it's a fantastic thing to have. But I don't know if I necessarily believe in him as the backup backup. I said that coming into the season. I love Drew. I love that he's a red ass. I love how hard he works. I love his hook shots. But he's just too light in the ass. <laughs> he just is. He's a white boy. I mean, he's just... <laughs> the, he just... He, it's not that he's not physical himself. It's right. just he, he can be moved out of the way. Yeah. That's he's a great he's a great dude to have though. He obviously loves doing the hometown thing, which yep. is kick ass. I mean, we don't get that very often mm-hmm. here. Um, and it's Joe labeled him that uh, before the season started. It's like he's probably our third center, but we probably gonna have to play him because of where we're at with our depth. Like, yeah, there's literally talk. Remember, it was trending on Jeremy that we we're gonna play for yeah. center minutes. Yes, yes, and you know, lo and behold, you've had to play him almost starter minutes because. Mm-hmm. Of the situation we just talked about. Yeah. So, um, I don't think there's a world where, where Drew has to go anywhere. But No. Uh, I think we'll, this is a good one to wrap on. Credence at Credence26. The Lakers can stay under the cap and sign a vet men. Would they do it? If so, who do you think they would consider? If they can stay under the cap and sign a vet men, would they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a place that exists where they have to trade off GB2 for like a highly, highly, highly protected second round pick top 55 protected like just to get off the money to get under and then you sign a guy on the buyout market with a prorated vet men and you're still able to stay under the tax as far as who that is those names will change after the trade deadline once we know who's on the buyout market Mm -hmm. but there's going to be a crap ton of competition for those guys so maybe the blazers visit a myers leonard demarcus cousins whatever type big uh if they needed to Oh, you think they you think they kick around that idea? I know he did an interview with ESPN. I haven't seen it yet, but I think they would kick around the idea of a big. Like those are the two oh, that gotcha. are always like I've seen them in the comments tonight a thousand yeah. times. Yeah. Um, I don't think that Carmelo Anthony will ever wear a Blazers jersey again. Praise no. be um, for my own sanity. Uh, somebody asked, "Do I think if I think Myers gets picked up by an NBA team?" Yeah, I do. 
I think there's a good chance that he gets picked up after the buyout market stuff. I mean, he was starting for Miami before the incident. So. And from what I heard, he had a great workout with the Lakers. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, he's a seven-footer who can knock down threes. Everybody's kind of looking at that. Shooting with size, hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's kind of where we're at. There's a couple questions in here that I didn't get to that I want to circle back to in a couple more days. Uh, but, again, thank you guys for getting your questions in. If I didn't get to it, if we didn't get to it this time, we will circle back to them uh, again. We'll post these up. Uh, the game's tomorrow. Tomorrow, and, Memphis, yeah. Yeah, Memphis. We will have the live watch party open for everybody to go into. I'll post the link on Twitter and here on the YouTube channel in the community section. Um Hopefully you can all come by, check it out, enjoy the game. Should be fun. Uh, looks like Steven Adams is not going to go. Bane's a little nicked up, but I think those are the two big ones. Uh, everybody else, I believe, is going to be good to go. So uh, we'll have an update on Nurk and Josh are both probable, so I think they'll they'll go without issue. Uh, and, again, uh, Justice is already ruled out. So, uh, as always, guys, you can find us on social media, at Jack Ramsey's, at Danny Maring, at Brandon Sprague. You can email the show, jackramsey's at gmail.com. Um, a bunch of you have been reaching out to me on I, on IMs or DMs uh, on Instagram. I'm not saying not to do that. I'm saying I don't check them very often. <laughs> Just as a heads up. I like The only IG DMs I check with any frequency are the 1080 The Fan ones. Yeah. And that's just because it's part of my job. Uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, I am not, and I'm, I am not on IG nearly as much. Uh, if you're trying to DM me, Twitter is the better way to do it. Um, and even then it takes me a minute to kind of circle back through it. Cause I usually do it like once or twice a day. Um, but you can find Brandon tomorrow morning, six to nine, uh, with his co-host Andy Dirt Johnson on Dirt Sprague in the morning where I'm sure they will have all kinds of fun stuff to talk about. Um, whole bunch of coaches got fired. We or fired, hired. Uh, and then, uh, you can catch me tomorrow with, uh, Danny and Dusty at noon to three also on 10 in the fan. Uh, other than that, uh, I think we're good to go. You got anything else, Brandon? No, I think I think you said it all. Uh, great questions tonight. I think we dove into a lot, and Memphis should be interesting tomorrow. I can't wait to watch that game. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited to watch that game. Uh, I, 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 I had to remove my Memphis Grizzlies hat before we started the show. I had, I had, I had my, I had a throwback Grizzlies hat on. I was like, I can't do the show with that hat on. That's not, that's not how this I, works. My problem is, I like the Blazers. I love a lot of teams' gear, and so I, I do, have to like stop yeah. myself from purchasing more other team gear you know what i mean i mean i've got a, i've got a grizzlies uh sharif abdul rahim jersey i'm out oh god i love those original oh, ones yeah. i kind of want to find a bryant reeves one. Oh yeah no big country yeah i mean I, that big kinda, country yeah but maybe a little too in line for me um <laughs> you know uh but again yeah. thank you guys so so very much we love you we appreciate you everybody have a wonderful wonderful night and uh we Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.